Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about the season debut of Monday Night Raw. New look, new feel. And speaking of a new look and new feel, how about Brock Lesnar last night on Monday Night Raw and that vicious beatdown of Rey Mysterio? A little bit of the old Brock Lesnar, not only with that beatdown, but how about the beatdown of his son Dominic? I mean, just ruthless. And again, a message sent to Kofi Kingston as we get closer and closer to SmackDown on Fox on Friday. Also, two returning legends on Monday Night Raw that Bully and I talk about, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, probably the two greatest of all time, and a bit of a stare-off that got the whole fans in the arena on their feet. We talk about that, and maybe the biggest name of all coming to Fox on Friday for SmackDown, and that is The Rock. The biggest name in entertainment is going to be on the biggest episode ever for the WWE. We talk about all that on this edition of the Busted Open Podcast. You know, throughout the show, we saw Rusev three times last night. We saw him do the run-in, then we saw him backstage. And Dave, I was saying to myself, I said, something seems off about Rusev tonight. Yeah, I was like, he doesn't look like his normal fired-up self. You could tell in his eyes that... Uh, at least I knew something was wrong. And then the end of the show came along, and I was like, holy shnikey balls. Uh, Bobby Lashley likes the Perosky. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Don't we all? Um, uh, sure we're going to get into that. Oh, uh, we're going to get into that. There's a lot to get into because, first of all, Bully, when as soon as you turned on Monday Night Raw last night, a lot of changes you know, we goof on it with the pyro, but the pyro is back. It's amazing. All the tweets that I saw at the beginning of that show that people are so happy that the pyro is back. But a lot of changes to Monday Night Raw. Uh, I like the pyro. The pyro gets you excited. The yep. pyro gets you fired up. It's part of the show. It's like going to a rock concert when, you know, Kiss or Motley Crue or any of those bands blow shit up for the first time. It just pumps you up and it helps to set the tone. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I dug the new set. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, I, re- I really liked Bobby Roode's entrance last night on that new set with all that blue lighting. I thought it looked phenomenal. Uh, the, the pyro being back is huge. It was interesting to see who got pyro and who didn't get pyro. It's very, very telling. Um, but for the most part, uh, enjoy, I enjoyed the beginning 
and, and I'm sure we're going to break down every last inch of the show. Yeah, and it really did feel like, you know, and they've been saying that this is the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. It really did feel like a new beginning. I think you would agree with me, boy, that a lot about Monday Night Raw over the last few years has been very, very stale. I think they're trying to right some of those wrongs. New set, new look, I think new camera angles, the pyro being back, new commentating team. Now, not everyone hit the mark, but at least there's some changes, and I think that was well needed on Monday Night Raw. Key word you just said. Over the past few years, Monday Night Raw has felt stale. Why has it felt stale? Because it feels like you're watching the same show over and over again. No, because there's no competition. Now you have competition. Uh, but I mean, but I do feel like that, and you're right. The answer ultimately is there's now somebody else in town, and we're going to get into that a lot too as we get closer and closer to Wednesday. But they did rest on their laurels. I think, you know, you know, with anything, there needs to be change. You got to spark things up a little bit. You know, you know, you have to freshen it up. And Raw just never seemed to really do that. And they completely did it across the board last night. I've been telling you for a long time, Dave, that Vince McMahon is at his best when he is in a fight, when he has competition. And for the longest time, he hasn't had a lick of competition. Last night, we saw the WWE. Um, loading up their guns, and I'm not just talking about Pyro, I'm talking about the show across the board, and they're firing shots to let people know that Raw is going to be going into a different direction, and we're going to try to be the Raw of old. Um, This whole AEW thing has created competition across the board amongst companies. It's going to cause, it's going to create competition internally. And in, it's going to be good for the wrestlers. It's going to make everybody step up their game. But as we always say here, it's going to be great for the fans. But you know what, Bully? And you mentioned it yesterday, so I'll repeat it. I think even more so than what's happening on Wednesdays with AEW, I think it's also the move of SmackDown to Fox. Because you said it. You have somebody you know, that is very highly competitive behind the scenes. And then you have Monday Night Raw taking a back seat to SmackDown and Paul Heyman being behind the scenes. You know, you probably have a different look. There is competition amongst the shows within the WWE now. So I think you have to really think of that as well, not just AEW on Wednesdays. And Raw it really has a lot of guns to their head because not only is SmackDown going to be perceived as the A show because it's on Fox... Raw now has to go head-to-head with Monday Night Football again. And Monday Night Football always takes a little chunk of that raw view, out of that Raw viewing audience. Last night, the Steelers were on TV. You know, yep. the Steelers are like the third most popular team, you know, in the NFL, you know, across the United States. So I'm sure Monday Night Football did a decent rating. So, yeah, Raw has to be great every single week during, you know, football season, and especially because of the perception of SmackDown last night, uh, SmackDown coming up. And and I'm sure we're going to get into the list of names that are going to be appearing on SmackDown this Friday, but that show is so loaded. I mean, every gun, every bullet that they could possibly have in their chamber, they will be firing on Friday night. And we asked a question. You asked the question, Bully, right off the bat on yesterday's show. Is this the biggest week in the history of pro wrestling? 
And I think the answer is yes. So if that's true, Monday Night Raw, to me, until we find out what's going to happen on Friday and, and down the road with SmackDown on Fox, Monday Night Raw is still the flagship show, not only of the WWE, but of pro wrestling. So when you start off the week with Raw, there had to be all guns blazing. And my question to you, Bully, is do you think they hit the mark last night? I uh, Let's see. Did they hit the mark? Here's what I can tell you this morning. There are things that stuck out to me last night, and there are things that you'd have to remind me happened last night. And I watched the whole show. I didn't flip away from Monday Night Raw once because they grabbed me at mm. the beginning and they held me. I didn't find myself flipping over to football or flipping over to another station to see what was going on. I stayed from 8 to 11. But some things glaringly stuck out to me. Some things I forgot about. So I'm not sure whether that means it was a good show or not. I think it does because the things that stuck out to me for the most part, were either good or very good. Threw up a poll last night. 65% of the nation uh, liked it. 35% didn't like it. What about yourself? I liked it. And I think the question you you just threw out, or or I shouldn't even say question, the statement you made is so true. You never clicked off. You never went channel surfing. You never checked out on Monday Night Football. You were locked into Raw from 8 to 11. I was too. There are times, Bully, you know, being a football fan, I'll see what the score is at a Monday night football game. I came in this morning. I was talking to Alex. I forgot who the Steelers were playing last night. I completely forgot because not once did I tune in to Monday night football. So the fact that I was locked in from 8 to 11, I think you have to say that's a win for Monday night raw. And it shows you how important the opening segment of a wrestling show is how important the opening was last night to Monday Night Raw. I always compare wrestling to rock and roll. Dave, how important is it to play that 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 first song be a hit and really grab the people when you go to a concert? When Alice Cooper goes on stage, how is important is it to you for him to start off with a really great song that grabs you and gets you excited for the rest of the night? It needs you to to, to jump to your feet and really set the tone for the rest of the evening. And I thought that's something that they were definitely successful in last night with the new look, with the pyro, with a legend coming to the ring and then the beast finishing up the segment. That's the way you set the tone for a Monday night. And uh, finishing up the segment is uh, an understatement because Brock Lesnar showed you why Brock Lesnar belongs where he belongs and on that roster last night. That was legitimate heel heat that wasn't go away heat yeah that wasn't that was heat those people were genuinely pissed off at Brock Lesnar for what he did to Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic you know new set new commentary team the pyro being back the show definitely had a different feel to it last night like what you're hearing catch busted open live weekdays from 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app Bully, I don't know what Rey Mysterio said to Brock Lesnar, but whatever it was. It was in Spanish. (laughs) It was definitely in Spanish. I don't know what it was, but it definitely pissed Brock Lesnar off. Dear God. Wow. I I thought it was an 
awesome segment, an awesome angle with tremendous heat, incredible amounts of sympathy on Ray and his son. Brock's a bully. Brock's a beast. Brock is everything you want in a heel. But there was so much more to that segment last night that caught my eye, Dave. And I want to see if you were on the same page and if you were looking a little bit deeper than I was. And it wasn't that I was looking deep. It was just too obvious to me. And I wonder if it's obvious to you. Okay. What, watching that segment last night, what makes Brock Lesnar even more of a feared human being? Like you, you went on Twitter last night. You said, I'm legitimately afraid of this guy. What made him even more scary or made you fear him more? What makes him even more of a heel doing what he did last night? Well, I'm going to I'm going to tell a story that I think relates and maybe we're on the same page, maybe we're not. I remember okay. being I remember being on a flight back from Arizona, right? And there was just horrific turbulence on the plane, right? So I have this thing. I kind of look at the rest of the people on the plane to judge whether I should be nervous or not. And I remember looking at the rest of the people on the plane. One person was throwing up. One person was blessing themselves. And that's when I said, oh, shit, we're going to die. Okay? When that segment was going on last night, the first thing I did was look at the crowd. And when I saw all the mouths open, like, there was, you know, you have the couple of jaded fans that are going to clap. But for the most part, I would say 90% of that crowd was either booing or was in shock. When you can get that kind of reaction of a crowd in 2019, Brock Lesnar's doing something right. We are just about on the same page, but it wasn't the expressions of the crowd I was looking at. It was somebody closer to Brock that showed you their expressions that told you so much. Paul Heyman? And it, was, and it was Paul Heyman. You see, for years, Dave, we've been programmed to um, believe or understand that managers can control their wrestlers, correct? Yep. Back in the day, Albano could control the Samoans. Freddie Blassie could control Hulk Hogan. The Grand Wizard could control superstar Billy Graham. Does Paul Heyman really have any control of Brock Lesnar? No, he really doesn't. He does not. Brock runs the show, and Paul is along for the ride. Brock lets Paul do all of his talking and bidding for him. But when it comes to doing whatever the hell he wants to do, Brock just does it. And you can see the look of shock on Paul's face. Last night in that opening segment, Paul Heyman did not approve of what Brock Lesnar was doing. He's questioning Brock. He's telling Brock to stop. He knows that there's going to be repercussions for what Brock is doing. The look of shock on Paul's face. Paul telling Brock to chill out, calm down, let's just get out of here. That makes it even more believable. Because now you see that the monster won't even listen to Dr. Frankenstein. So who's really in control here? Brock is in control. Brock walks away from the ring for a second. Then we see the look in his eye. I think I'm going to go back and destroy these guys a little bit more. And then he walks away a little bit. The referees will only get so close because if we get too close, we're going to kill just like everybody else. Brock is the mastermind here. Brock is the one in control. 
Paul is on Brock's coattails and is along for the ride. But Paul's reactions to everything make that segment even more believable. When was the last time we saw Brock Lesnar that brutal? Seriously, like what he did to Ray, what he did to Dominic, what he did to Pat Buck and Fit Finley. I mean, when's the last time we've seen this Brock Lesnar like we saw last night? Taking it out on so many quote-unquote civilians, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago. I mean, what he did last night kind of reminds me of when he threw the kid down the flight of stairs. What was that, Zach Gowan? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, yes, yes. Here's the thing. Like, people, like, have been, and especially me, Bully, I'll I'll do it. I did my whole mumble rap, and now I'm scared because I don't know if he ever heard that mumble rap or not. He did. And so now I'm petrified the next time I ever cross paths with a Brock Lesnar. But seriously, like, to get that kind of crowd reaction, Bully, you know how the crowds are now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times the heels get cheered. You know what the phone calls are like that we get on this show about people saying they're done and they're finished with Brock Lesnar. I have said that I was done and finished with Brock Lesnar. But, man, we've seen Brock Lesnar more now than we've ever seen Brock. You're probably going to have to go back over a decade to when we've seen Brock Lesnar as much as we have now. And the fact he's doing this to start off a Monday Night Raw, doing that to a legend like Rey Mysterio, to doing that to his teenage son. I mean, it didn't look like he had a care in the world the way he was throwing Dominic around that ring and outside the ring last night. I mean, by the way, kudos to Dominic because he looked fantastic. But it looked like he was not, I mean, you talk about an unsafe work environment. There you go. Last night was an example of that. But let's be honest here, Dave. There's only one reason you were fed up with Brock Lesnar or didn't like Brock Lesnar. It's because Brock Lesnar worked a part-time schedule. Other than that, you have absolutely zero reason to dislike Brock Lesnar. Watching that segment last night, and and I, I can't imagine a wrestling fan not enjoying that segment last night. Like, obviously, you hate Brock Lesnar, as you should. You boo Brock Lesnar. You know, that's that's the emotions you want to get out of a wrestling fan. But honestly, God, I'm saying this as somebody who's a lifelong wrestling fan. I can't imagine anyone disliking that segment or saying, you know what, Brock Lesnar, go away. We don't want you here anymore. How could anyone say that after what they saw last night? I put it out there on the old Twitter machine. Uh, for those of you who still don't get it when it comes to Brock Lesnar, hopefully after last night you've been smartened up because – if you put that segment on TV and cover your eyes and just listen with your ears, you will hear something that you don't get to hear in pro wrestling very often anymore. And that's legitimate heel heat based on what the heel physically did to the guy in the ring. Not saying something about his wife or something crass about the family or anything like that. Not hitting below the belt. This was sheer brutality and physicality on a a uh is is Mysterio in the Hall of Fame? I'm sorry. He's is, not in the Hall of Fame yet. No. He's a future Hall of Famer. Oh, first uh, ballot. B- brutal physicality on a Hall of Famer and it was just out of nowhere. I love the fact that just Brock just walked over and scooped up Ray and F5 them because if you listen to the emotion in that moment it's like the people don't even see it coming. Before you can even say to yourself, "Oh, Rock is going to kill Brock is going to kill Ray. Brock has already killed Ray. There's already one F5, and you're like, holy crap. 
So right off the bat, Brock has grabbed you by the throat emotionally. And then he slow plays the entire thing. You think the focus is just going to be on Ray. And then he spots Dominic. And then you see the slow build. It's almost like watching a lion stalking its prey. It's almost like watching a killer whale circle around a seal. If we were talking about Dreamer, we'd say a walrus. Wow. But you get my point. I do. He, he is a beast who stalks his prey. Dominic got yanked over that guardrail in such great fashion. Brock goes to scoop him up. He loses him for a second and then re-clutches him and puts him into the post. You can't tell me that there was anything about that opening segment last night that wasn't good. It was exactly what it should have been. And one day, Rey Mysterio is going to come back and he's going to look for retribution on Brock Lesnar and the people are going to want to see Rey Mysterio kill Brock. And you know what, Bully? You just mentioned it. He picked up Dominic to give him an F5 and he slipped and he grabbed him and he just drove him into the post. And then what followed that was like, it was almost sickening. He picks him up and he just body slams him outside the ring with this loud thump. And Dominic was just writhing in pain. And you could see Rey Mysterio in the background just like pleading for his son. That that segment right there was absolutely fantastic. I'll go as far, and I know people are going to bring up Stone Cold on, on the Raw reunion. That might have been one of the best segments I've seen on Monday Night Raw in years. Because I'd say, go ahead. I'd say it was the best heel segment. Whatever you want to say. Because, you know, when it when it comes to Stone Cold Steve Austin, you expect that. Stone Cold's going to be on the show. You know what he's going to do. You know what the pop is going to be from the crowd. It's excitement. It's a celebration. It's a party. I love it. But what we saw last night is why we fell in love with pro wrestling. It's the shock. It's the fear. It's that roller coaster ride of emotions. And it started right when he came out. To what he did to Rey Mysterio, what he did to his son, and then finishing it off, attacking them again, and then just walking off. And you now, as a fan, want Rey Mysterio to get retribution on Brock Lesnar. That's what pro wrestling's all about, Bully. This is why we fell in love with That's the foundation of this sport. I, th- I, I swear, I thought that was one of the best segments I've seen on Monday Night Raw in years. Dave, do you think last night helped people to understand how important a heel with legitimate heat is? Yes. Remember the other day I was texting with you and Alex and we were talking about this cancel culture and how if people just don't like someone or something, they just stop watching? Yep. I think Brock kind of fell into that cancel culture, not for any good reason, other than it's just the way people are these days. Last night should have opened up people's eyes. Brock Lesnar is the type of heel, the type of superstar that you want in the WWE. Right now, Brock Lesnar can stand in the middle of the ring and issue an open challenge to anybody in the locker room. And no matter who comes through that curtain, Dave, you're going to want to see that person kill Brock Lesnar. He's been built in a way that any single babyface that stands across from him becomes a star, and you want to see him win. 
If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. When Hogan was like stepped up to Flair and made that remark about 24 inch pythons, brother, dude, you heard that arena erupt. Everybody got on their feet. And like, and no one's expecting <laughs> these guys to have a match. But whenever you see two legends, and you can honestly say these are two of the greatest of all time, these, the, you know, Hogan and Flair is on everyone's Mount Rushmore. When they stepped up to each other, I got goosebumps. I mean, awesome. You know, I actually thought The Miz was just going to sit back and go, this is awesome. And there would have been a massive this is awesome chant in the arena. Because it is. How can you not get pumped for Hogan and Flair face-to-face? I mean, you tweeted about it last night from when they went face-to-face in WCW. And I got to tell you, the reason why it was awesome, the reason why the people were on their feet and there was so much emotion in the room is because they went off script. There was nothing about those lines that were written. They might have given them bullet points, but giving bullet points to Flair is like trying to tell Tommy Dreamer to not eat donuts. It just ain't <laughs> happening. What? <laughs> That's already, right? that's, that's already two shots at Tommy Dreamer. He's now a permanent member of our, our staff now. So he'll, I don't want to get He'll be on jarring. tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be on. He'll be on tomorrow taking shots at me. No big deal. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why, like, when, when Flair started off with Hogan about, oh, no, you ain't pulling this again, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's Ric Flair kind of shooting a little going, I'm tired of walking in your shadow. I'm tired of no- being known as the greatest wrestler of all time, but still having to play second fiddle to you because you outdrew me. And, and it was just fun the way it unfolded and played out. And once again... Put the segment on TV, cover your eyes, and just listen, and you know something's going on. Bully, we just heard the audio. You heard the fans just erupt. Everybody in that arena had a reaction for that. Now, maybe they forgot Lethal Lockdown back in TNA when they had Team Flair against Team Hogan. That has happened once before. Um but man, whenever you have two legends like that, I mean, it, it's it, it doesn't matter if they're you know in their thirties or if they're you know seventy like Ric Flair is. It doesn't matter, man. It's it, it's it's incredible, incredible. And Dave, and Dave, you got two legends in the ring, two Hall of Famers, going back and forth, face to face. The entire arena is on their feet. The entire arena is chanting for one more match. And then... (laughs) Here comes the shoulder slump. Seth Rollins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dave. Oh, Dave. You hate Seth. With with a Pepsi in one hand and candy corn in the other. (laughs) Hey, guys, can I come hang out with you? You know, I think that might have been the epitome of chasing the hot last night. (laughs) 
Even though it was, even though it was Hope who there called we out. Go. Oh, burn it down. Yeah, you burned it down. All right. Thanks for ruining the party, pal. Uh. You know that what the, you know what that thing was the cue for? All right, everybody who's standing up, please sit down. <laughs> oh, You're blocking Poor everyone's Seth. view. Please sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, continue, please. But you know, it, it does feel a little weird when it comes out. That, I mean, Hogan chooses him as his first um, as as the team captain. So let me ask you this: If this match is going to be going on in Saudi, mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins is going to be a team captain, are we to assume that the Universal Championship will not be defended in Saudi? I guess not, because he's part of, like you said, he's part of Team Hogan. I wonder if they're going with some kind of uh, attraction match, some kind of legend match as the as the main event, or maybe it's going to be Brock as your world champion, as your. Uh, WWE champion defending against somebody. Well, don't forget we have the draft coming up, and I, you know, yep, this, you're this, right. You're right. This whole thing is going to change. Yeah, you're you, right. You, you know, we might we might have a new Universal champion as you know everybody wants to challenge Seth for that Universal Championship. Once they saw that he didn't come out to help Brock, everybody wants to wrestle Seth now. They figured they have a chance at that Universal Championship. He may lose it as soon as Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Um, I just want to go back to the Hogan and Flair thing real quick. Um, just kind of re-solidifying the points I've been making over the past couple of weeks. When you see the Hogans, when you see the Flairs, when you see the Steve Austins, when you see the Undertakers, and coming this Friday night, when you see the Rocks, uh, and when you listen to the reaction that these guys get, I just think it makes it more and more difficult for the current roster to get over because we are constantly reminding the fan base of just how over these other legends uh, were and still are. What do you think, Dave? I think there's a couple of exceptions. There's a couple of current WWE superstars that could be in the ring with a Hogan and a Flair. But there's not many. And, like, I agree with what you're saying in the fact that I think last night was the perfect example of that. Because you had Flair and Hogan going up jaw to jaw and the crowd going nuts. And then Seth comes out. And listen, I know it sounds like I'm picking on Seth Rollins, and I don't mean to. I'm having a little fun at his expense. But you know what I'm saying. He's, you, you can't put Seth Rollins in the ring with a Hogan and Flair and expect a big reaction for Seth Rollins. Though, I will say this. When Randy Orton came out, completely different story. Now, when Ran- now Gabby had to like you know have a moment when she saw Randy Orton last night. We all know that because it got a little overheated when she's watching Monday Night Raw when she sees Randy Orton. But Randy Orton, but Randy Orton can hold his own. I think we saw AJ Styles hold his own. With Stone Cold Steve Austin. We know that Becky Lynch can hold her own and a Charlotte. But it's a very, very short list. Four, possibly five current roster members can hold their own. But there's not many. And you got to be careful about who you put out there. Because it could do some damage instead of actually helping. Uh, I wasn't really talking about these people, these guys and gals being able to hold their own because I agree with your list of uh, of people 
that could stand there and, and get themselves over. I'm talking about the reactions that that these superstars get. Obviously, the Flares and the Hogans were involved in the business where you could basically do whatever the hell you want to get yourself over, and they did. The Stone Colds and the Rocks and the Takers of the World, you know, Attitude Era WWE, uh, the probably the most lenient time in the WWE. Unfortunately, the stars of today don't enjoy that lenience. Hopefully, they get more and more with new people such as, you know, the Heymans and the Bischoffs in the world being in charge and kind of take the handcuffs off or, you know, are able to cater towards these wrestlers' personalities a little better. But when you hear these responses, it just it just reminds you. So... It's fun to see these uh, superstars back, but it's also a constant reminder to me of how difficult it is for the current roster. And I tell you this, I would have loved to have seen them play off of the 2K commercial. When Flair and Hogan were standing in the ring, once again, that was a moment for Becky Lynch to come out. I agree. There was a Becky Lynch moment right there, just like they should have had a Becky Lynch moment with Steve Austin a couple of months ago. Becky Lynch could have just came to the ring, looked at Flair, looked at Hogan, and said, don't ever forget who the man is. And she could have walked away. And that's it. You know, it's funny. as you When you see a Flair and Hogan, and listen, Bully, come on, man. It's not fair. Flair and Hogan are, you know, you, the arguably the, the two greatest pro wrestlers of all time. For different reasons. Flair, because of what he was able to do in the ring. And Hogan, just pure box office. You know, it's hard to really, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin rock, obviously, in, in the discussion. But there's not many other people you can put in that dis- discussion, correct? I agree. You know, when I saw Hogan and Flair in the ring, the only other two current roster members that I could actually see maybe being talked about like them 25, 30 years down the road would be Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Like, Charlotte Flair is going to be Ric Flair, and Becky Lynch has the potential to be Hulk Hogan. Like, that's how much I love those two wrestlers. And I don't know if there's anybody else on the roster that could come close. I hope that they do something in the United States with Flair. Oh, not in the United States. Any place in the world except Saudi. And I almost would have saved this idea for a pay-per-view or for Survivor Series. I would have done Team Flair versus Team Hogan, but Ric Flair would have chose as his team captain Charlotte, and Hulk Hogan would have chose as him team captain Becky. And Hogan and Flair, respective teams, would have been the women. Yeah, because that's something completely different. You know what, Bully? It actually makes more sense. Like when you look at, you know, Randy Orton's been there, done that. Baron Corbin, monster heel right now. Seth Rollins, your universal champion, though I have my doubts if he's the right guy. And now a returning Rusev, so far, so far part of those two teams. But, man, when I look at Hogan and Flair, Charlotte and Becky come to mind because Ric Flair was the greatest wrestler of all time. Charlotte Flair, when it's all said and done, could be the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Hulk Hogan, most popular wrestler of all time. And then you have Becky Lynch that could be the most popular women's wrestler of all time. When you look at Hogan, was he the best wrestler in the ring? No. We talk about that with Becky. 
There's other wrestlers on the roster right now that are better than Becky, but nobody comes close when it comes to that charisma, that personality, and what makes a star a star. Becky Lynch has that. She can be that mainstream superstar if pushed the right way. Those are the two closest wrestlers in the WWE that even comes close to Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And could you imagine if they would have went in that direction? I know they can't do it for Saudi. That's why I was. That's why I was hoping maybe they save it for maybe Survivor Series or something oh, different. I would love. Uh, could- there you go, Survivor Series, bully. That would have been the perfect thing to do for Survivor Series. So Flair picks first, and he goes, you know, you know, Miz makes the announcement of it's going to be Team Flair versus Team Hogan, and Flair says, yeah, well, I'm picking first, and I'm picking the greatest wrestler in the WWE right now. I'm picking my Dorla Charlotte Flair, and Charlotte comes out, and Hogan looks at it, and he starts to do the thing with his mustache, and he goes, you know something, Rick? You call yourself the man, but my captain is the man in the WWE, Becky Lynch. Dude, that is the rub of all rubs. And to see Hogan and Flair, you know, being the uh, the leaders of their respective teams, but we got the women on each side, that's money in the bank. And I'm not talking about the pay-per-view. You know what, Bully, what else would it have done? When Hogan made that announcement that it's Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch went down that entrance ramp, that entire arena would be on their feet cheering for Becky Lynch. And you can't get too many of that moments. That same emotion that Flair and Hogan got when they stood face-to-face with one another, you would have got that same reaction when Becky Lynch was coming down that entrance ramp. I now believe that they've had two major missed opportunities to give Becky the rub with Uber Legends. I believe they missed it with drinking the beer with Austin, and I believe they missed it last night with Hogan and Flair. That's just my opinion. Okay, I'm saying if I had the pencil, that's what I would have did because Becky Lynch is my megastar right now. Yep. Becky is the one there. Becky is the one doing the ESPN stuff. Becky is the one sitting next to uh, Terry Bradshaw on the NFL today. Could you imagine? All Becky needs to do is stand there. She wouldn't even have to say a word because that is the moment that would live on in history. Ric Flair, Becky Lynch, and Hulk Hogan. And wouldn't you say right now, and and Bully, I think you hit the nail right on the head, missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. We could go back months about missed opportunities or creative dropping the ball when it came to Becky Lynch. But, man, she might be the most recognizable wrestler on the roster right now. Is she more recognizable than your universal champion, Seth Rollins? Oh, absolutely. She just might not be. She She's on par with Roman. Okay, I might give you that. And, it, and, it's and Roman Brock. and Becky. Well, you know what? We always kind of leave Brock out of this equation because we're still in part-time Brock mode, but we might not be, we we might have to put Brock right back in there. Yes. Because Brock is the biggest star in the WWE. So, all right, so would End you say story. would you say the the four most recognizable wrestlers in the WWE are Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch? Yes, I I agree. And again, that opportunity for Team Hogan and Team Flair, I get it's for Saudi, you can't do it, but maybe you should have held off until Survivor Series because those two team team captains with Charlotte and Becky would have been money. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. You mentioned about the commercial and a lot 
of Rock in the commercial for SmackDown on Friday nights on Fox. And I said, man, they would be stupid if they were going to have The Rock on SmackDown and they weren't promoting it. How idiotic could they possibly be if you're going to have The Rock scheduled for SmackDown and you don't promote the fact you make him a surprise? Stupidity at its highest form. <laughs> then we sign off, and what happens, Bully? The Rock is promoted for SmackDown on Friday. Well, um, some of my sources tell me that as soon as the show ended, Vince called Rocky and said, listen, they were talking about this on Busted Open, mm -hmm. and I really think you need to show up on Friday. And uh, Rocky agreed. So, I, I, you know, based on our conversation, we're the ones that got The Rock uh, to appear on SmackDown last week. Well, actually, I heard it a different that's way. What my, but that's what my sources tell me. All right, well, Little Birdie told me this, Bully. A Little Birdie told me that the Rock was listening to Busted Open as he usually does Monday through Friday, and I'm, I'm I wonder if he's going to listen on Saturdays as well. And he was listening to the show, and he said, "Well, wait a second, I need to call Vince McMahon and tell him that they should start promoting me." Makes sense. And as he was about to dial the phone, Vince McMahon called him. So I guess great minds think alike. No, yeah. So I mean, our stories from our different sources match up. I yep. mean, just they're just a tiny bit different, but uh, yeah, our backstage sources uh, definitely had it right. <laughs> Either way, Rock is going to be on SmackDown Friday night. You couldn't ask for a bigger star to be on your debut episode of SmackDown on Friday. Start the show or end the show with him. Well, now that you know he's on, it, it's not a surprise. You start the show with The Rock. I think so. Yeah. And I and I think Rock Now, coming sets... after your last segment, putting over Bobby Roode like you did, you probably want it to be Bobby Roode to end the show on SmackDown. But I am going to go with The Rock, at least to start, Bully. To, now, you set up, it has to be Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar to end the show, correct? Yes. I, I, I would think so. I mean, unless they wanted to come right out of the gate with that match, but I don't think you do. If you want that sports feel, you go the boxing route and yes. you build up to the main event. It's the big okay? fight. So you, you know, Rock named the show SmackDown, didn't he? Mm -hmm. You know, with the whole layers to smack it down and all that happy stuff. So I think he comes out as the biggest star you can possibly have there that night, and he sets the tone. Remember yeah. yesterday I said, Dave, that this is a – a, an opportunity for Vince and the WWE to hit the reset button on what the WWE is, you know, f you know, bring the past forward and tell the new eyes and ears what we're all about and who better to do it than the biggest star on the planet right now than the rock takes us back from day one and brings us right up to that moment with Fox live with uh, SmackDown live on Fox and he becomes basically the host and the spokesperson for the night and touts what the WWE means to the world. And it's funny because we talked about the Raw reunion, Bully, and how you had Hogan and Flair on that entrance ramp. And then Stone Cold's music hit and Stone Cold came out to end that show and the place absolutely popped. And then coming out of that show, people said that it was a passing of the torch. The greatest WWE superstar of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's no longer Hulk Hogan. 
I wonder how people are going to think come Friday. Are people going to still think it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, or are people going to be saying it's The Rock? No, it's still Steve. Steve's always going to have that that connection with the people. The Rock is very entertaining, um, but Steve, as the common man, mm-hmm. has always been more relatable. Steve, if Steve was... You could see Steve sitting in a bar having a beer. You could walk into any random bar and Steve might just be there. Steve, what are you doing? Well, shit, I was just driving down the road and I saw a bar over here and I figured I'd get myself El Segundo IPA and just have a quick one before I got on down yonder. Hey, Steve, can I have a beer with you? Sure, shit, yeah, sit down. Are you going to walk into a random bar and see Rocky sitting there? No. Probably not. But if you did, he'd be drinking Don Julio 1942. So it's that relatability to Steve Austin that makes him, I think, just a tad bit more over with the fans. So when we look at Friday, and we've talked about the more sporting feel, the competitive feel, because it is Fox and and all the sports that they have on that channel, and then now with the entertainment aspect, you would say that Rock is looked at and perceived differently because you're not even just looking at the world of pro wrestling. You're now looking at the world of entertainment. And and The Rock right now is probably the biggest actor and box office superstar. So it's just a different perception, I guess. They are going to give anybody and everybody exactly what they want to see. If you want a sports feel, if you want a big money match, Brock versus Kofi is it, okay? The women's tag is it. If you want your nostalgia, Austin and Hogan are going to give it to you. And if you want that crossover, if you want to bring in that person who may never have been a fan of wrestling, but is a fan of rock in Hollywood, you're going to bring them over too. They are putting so many lines in the water so they can catch as many new fish as possible. That's the best way I can put it. And they're having a lot of return superstars on that show Friday, Bully. It's not Absolutely. just going to be The Rock. It's going to be Hogan. It's going to be Austin. It's going to be Foley. It's going to be Flair. It's going to be Sting. It's going to be Kurt Angle. It's going to be Goldberg. It's going to be Trish. It's going to be Booker T. It's going to be Jerry Lawler. It's going to be our very own Mark Henry. It's not going to be short on returning superstars on that show Friday. And the fact that it's... You're still got to sandwich in the rosters that you want to promote on the current scene. So it's going to be interesting how they balance that all out on Friday. No, Devon? <laughs> Maybe on page two? No. No. Um, um, I'm only kidding, Devon. Um, this is the show where you bring out your big guns, Dave. Okay. Raw reunion in this too. Like I normally am not that huge on relying on the legends and the veterans unless you are using them to get other people over. Like Flair and Hogan last night, they gave the Miz the rub. They gave Seth the rub. They even give Randy the rub because those guys have nothing to work up to. And just by standing in the ring with those legends helps them even creep up a little bit. SmackDown's a different story. This is like a brand new show. That's the way the WWE is looking at it. The WWE knows that they're going to have 
every single person in the WWE universe that's a part of their audience watching SmackDown. It's a given. It's a given because of Brock and Kofi. It's a given because the girls tag team match. It's a given because of all these names. They are just going to flood those two hours much as much as they can. So no matter when you pass over that channel, you're going to see a recognizable face. You're going to want to stay on that channel. I don't know what a normal rating for something like this would be. So if we're looking at it in millions of viewers, we've seen Raw on, on we've seen Raw mm-hmm. on USA lately hit three million viewers because Steve was there. Yes. What is SmackDown going to hit on Fox with that much more eyes on the product? And that much more firepower going on that night, and with all the prom- you know all this promotion that they've had, you're right. We saw. I, I want to just confirm that number, but yeah, it was they hit over three million for that raw reunion. So you're right. If they hit three million for the raw reunion, and now with all the promotion, how long we've been waiting for this? I mean, dare I say, could it hit four? Could this show hit four million? It seems like a lofty guess, I, number. Wow, I was going to guess higher. No, no way. You know what? You're always more accurate than I am with this stuff. Uh, I, I guess I'm I, I'm a bit more optimistic than you, than you are. And over the past three or four years, your numbers have been more accurate than mine. I think five million. Oof, that's yeah, that's not going to happen. Really? Yeah, that's not happening. Hitting that much, hitting that much more homes, I, I would. You know what? I am so confident that it's not going to hit that number that I would actually give you a free Lagreca T-shirt if it does. That's how confident. Well, I'm trying I... to get you to give away a, a dozen free Lagreca shirts, and that's like pulling teeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you might be right, Dave. Maybe I'm just being ultra optimistic. I'm really going by the 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 amount of homes that they are going to hit now that they never hit before. Yeah, and, and and I think that's kind of overrated in a way too, Bully, because I think that most people who watch TV have the USA Cable Network. I don't think there's a big – it's that big of a number of people who have Fox and don't have USA. I think that's a small, a small number. I would think that 4 million – man, I – even it's even hard for me to say four million because four million is a lot. I mean, when's the last time that four million people watch professional wrestling? You'd have to go back twenty years ago, or more. But listen, other other sporting events do more than four million. I mean, the NFL does more than four million. Uh, baseball does more than four million. The WWE is as big as Major League Baseball in the NFL. No, true. It's not as big as the NFL. Okay. Now, Major right. League Baseball, and they've been struggling for ratings. I mean, the playoffs are, are, are about to start. Nobody's talking about it. You know, the, the Major League playoffs, the, the, you know, the NHL playoffs, they really don't do those types of numbers. Now, this is a debut episode. This is big. I think, I think $4 million is is a good number to start. Alex Metz, do you think $4 million is a good number to start with? To start with? I don't even know if they'll get that. Wow. Remember, guys. What wow. Were, what, what were we talking? I know there's a ton of promotion. I know they've been they've been talking about this show to the cows come home. What did we always say from the beginning that our concern was about the deal with Fox? Friday night. Friday nights. 
I think for I, I think if I think if they get four million, that's a huge success. Oh my God, that's right. a slam dunk, grand slam. Take take your bases, you know, go home with the champion. But but Alex, you know, and like to go back to what Bully said. Don't forget that Raw reunion on Monday night did over three million. Of course. So you would think that with all this promotion. And that every wrestling fan is going to tune in on Friday night. Well, are they? Are they, Dave? Or are they hitting the DVR button and catching it Saturday morning because, you know what? Life is different in 2019. I'm going out Friday night. Alex, But it's 8 o'clock. It's not not 10 o'clock. It's 8 to 10. Let's forget about the time for a second, guys, because the rating won't come out until late Monday, and it will include the DVR number. Sure. So it's it's not a question of the overnights. You're going to have your plus plus three rating come out on Monday. I say I say four million. I say four million is going to tune in. And I'm I think anything have, above I'm, four million is like I, I I think that's a huge success. And then you hope, bully, that you keep that. I would like to see the number for for SmackDown on Fox moving forward somewhere near three. Three million. I think if they can maintain that number, like just under three million or three million, I think that's a success for a Friday night on Fox. So wait a minute, Dave. If if Raw on USA can hit three million with Steve Austin, you're telling me that Fox, who just paid a billion dollars for SmackDown, is going to be happy with three million every week? I think that's a realistic number. Well, and, and and the expectation there is that that you know if they were getting around two, you know, to start on USA on Tuesday nights, you know, around two, sometimes under two, I would think they would see three million as a success. That's no? a that's a mil- that's over a million more viewers for SmackDown on 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 Fridays as opposed to what they were getting on Tuesdays on USA. Let's forget about the word Raw and let's forget about the word SmackDown. Let's look at the firepower that's going to be on the show. SmackDown is going to be the loaded up show. Yes. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm probably wrong. And no, you guys are probably you, I, right. You I, know what, Bully? I hope you're right. I hope that next week we're talking about SmackDown on Fox, uh, you know, on Friday nights getting, you know, 5 million viewers. Like, I, man, I hope, I hope you're right. I really do. I, I, listening to you now, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking to myself that I definitely overshot. I just thought with that much firepower and with all this promotion behind it, they had an opportunity to you know bring just so many eyes, but new eyes. But like you said, Dave, I, I guess really in the world we live in today, if you, if you have Fox, you probably have USA because everybody's got cable. But I still think there are a lot of people out there that don't m- maybe have cable or maybe I'm just dumb. And, and you know, one of the things. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. No, you're not dumb. You're obviously not dumb. I wouldn't. You wouldn't be a part of the show if you were dumb. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.